You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings Podcast from Newstalk ZB. Peter, hi. Hi there. How are you doing, Kerry? Good, thank you. Um, I was actually at the hospital um, when there were 195% capacity. So that's, that's, that picture in the paper is actually my partner in the hallway. Good um, Lord. Sitting there. Yeah, so she, we went in uh, about 12 o'clock because um, she had a lot of abdominal pain. We got there and there must have been a queue of about 10 10 or 12 people in front of us to, to, to get into ED and about 30-odd people in the, the room to the left with bandages, people with blood and broken limbs and all sorts around. We got we got in quite quickly because she was in a lot of pain. Um, took up a consult room and we had to struggle to get a line in her. There was just no one around to kind of help. They pulled a doctor out of the ED to get a line in her. Um, so he sort of came in quickly, got a line in. We, we didn't even have a tag on her arm when they were pushing fentanyl to try and calm her down. I actually put it on her arm for her. Um, we had to get a urine sample, so I, there was no one to do that. So I took her to the toilet, got a urine sample, and took it back to the desk. They told us to perch in the in the hallway. Um, and we were there over two hours with the nurse coming by with the, the drugs in her pocket to push because she was in so much pain because they couldn't find a bed. And they were at 195% capacity, the nurse said, at that, that time. So, you know, the staff were amazing. Like, yeah. You could see that they're just at the end of their tether. There must have been eight ambulance crews lined up waiting for beds, which meant there are eight ambulances that aren't out there yeah. attending to people. I had a, a guy I saw there that I, I know, he waited seven hours for an ambulance. He, he fell down and broke his ribs at one o'clock in the morning and didn't get an ambulance till 8 a.m. So, and this, this, they say this is summer, so winter. They're, yeah. they're just dreading it. I, the nurse, I don't know why he would do that job, and I'm glad they do, because we need the help. But there's just no thanks. There's nothing they can say. You can see they're all just so wound up with it all. And, and you know, the government's just failed. To, to, you need another hospital. To be at that kind of capacity on a Monday afternoon, you just can't get the care you need. There were people that needed isolation that couldn't go into isolation because there was nowhere available. Um, so the standard of care is lacking. They're doing their best, but mistakes are happening. You can see, see how mistakes happen because you're under so much pressure and you're, you're darting between so many patients. You know, I was keeping an eye on what they were pushing and stuff, and they, they did a good job and they checked every time, but it, the protocols weren't there for safety. They, I think they were safe, but they're so stretched and so tired and so over it. More things are going to happen. It just, mm. you know, it, I couldn't believe it. It was like being in a third world country. I, I was horrified. And it's, it's like you don't actually understand until you're in that situation. You see stuff in the papers and you think, oh, yeah, we'll always get care. Well, we won't. You're like, I'm not confident about having to go to a hospital. You need, yeah. you know, something needs to change. The is nowhere near big enough for Auckland. That's the thing, though. I just feel for the staff because they go in there because they want to they want to look after people. They want to make the world a better place. And to be put under that sort of pressure, and especially the unsafe hours in some instances that they're working, yeah. I know how I feel when I've done a bad job at work. You know, I feel sick. Yeah. I beat myself up. I, I don't, you know, you think, I don't want to go back there. I'm terrible, you know. And this is only this job, which doesn't involve... Oh, Life and death, it's, it's, you know. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be driving home just exhausted and feeling. Yeah. 
it's, it's a mistake. You can see that, the, you know, I hired for one of the girls' job, and I think she, I was actually serious. So I don't know why it, but I want them to work there. We're losing nurses, and, and you can't bring them in. Why, why would you want to come to New Zealand to be a nurse? What What is the incentive? There is none. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. They need better facilities. Like all the nurses need a thirty percent pay rise like straight away. Yeah. Like if, if it's just just ridiculous. Even that wouldn't probably keep them there. They need more. Nurses. Well, remember when they, they got need... put on a pay freeze during COVID? Oh, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. the people you need the most in their yeah. need are paid the worst. It's like you know, I, I'd pay them more. Um, and I just seeing what they're doing. Mm. Absolutely, I think everyone would. And and we're building bloody cycleways and looking at you know bridges and light rail it's like all that money should be put into building a hospital and other countries can build hospitals in 48 hours surely we could build one in six months and attract some people to work in the facility there's got to be ways of doing something but all the money that's been spent on consultants and stuff it's just ridiculous when you see that you can't get care for your partner and she needs it i don't give up being able to swim on beaches to be able to get care when you need it you know absolutely and to feel powerless and not be able to help her is just the most terrible feeling. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.